1: Welcome to episode 561 of The Sleeper in the Bus. I'm Justin Mason, joined by Jason
2: Collette. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing alright, man. I am T-minus uh, 24 hours until vacation, until I get at the airport and uh, take off for Fort Myers for a few days.
1: Nice. Got anything uh, special planned for the Fort Myers trip?
2: Uh, beach, beach, more beach, uh, probably going to the uh, – probably am going to the Rays game on Wednesday afternoon. They're I have a day game against the Jays. Uh, and so the kids and I are going to go up while my wife and my stepmom go uh, do stuff they like to do that the rest of us don't.
1: Well, I, it's pretty awesome you're keeping track of minor league baseball
2: like that. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, at least they ended. At least they ended the uh, the eight game, the second eight game losing streak of the season. They've had three eight eight game streaks. They had the eight game winning and the eight game losing in uh, April, and then they had just ended another one. Thank you, Blake Snell.
1: Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys going on those eight game losing streaks because it makes me feel better about our bet.
2: Hey, after this month, man, here's the thing. They only have, from, I ran a stretch, what I look at, I tweeted the other day and said that from May 28th until until July 2nd, they only had three games against sub-500 teams, and that was the three-game series against Toronto that starts Monday. Uh, and then conversely, the Astros weren't going to play another 500 team until after the All-Star break. Wow. Uh, yeah, so if you're like if you're a Seattle fan, you're like, man, we're sitting pretty, Beware, And honestly, from a fantasy perspective, if if you've been bumming on any Astros or if for some reason you're like bummed out on the pitchers and whatnot, they're getting ready. I mean, they're going to be in the midst of a lot of easy pitching, a lot of easy uh, opponents. They should really get on a hot streak here, because when I looked at that race schedule after they had won like six or seven straight, I'm staring at it going Yeah, I mean, you know, if people know me on Twitter, you know I'm all about memes, and I pulled that one from the hunt from Red October, uh, where he's like, it's going to be off, it's going to be brutal, and we'll be lucky to live through it. And I tweeted that the day after that final win before the recent eight-game losing streak, and so it's held up rather well. Uh, So yeah, if you're, from a fantasy perspective, you should be looking at that Astro, and looking at Astros, and if anybody's bumming on Astros, go pick them up, because schedule is really, really easy in the next six weeks.
1: Well, that's good to know. I just got invited to like be a beta tester for this new... It's it's a daily fantasy game of sorts, but um, uh, it's uh, it's almost like stock trading with fantasy players. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe I'll just go and invest in a bunch of Astros right now uh, and see if I can let their stock go up as, as they go wild on subpar competition. Uh, I'd, I'd give their name out, but I totally forgotten what it is. And they don't pay me anything, so, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pay me, and I'll, and I'll announce it on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, we got uh, some some stuff to talk about. Uh, he's, well, We're going to start with some recent kind of news. Uh, every pitcher is hurt. Thor. Every one of them <laughs> is. Thor is supposed to come back today. He's not coming back. Uh, Shohei Otani has... Uh, a worsened UCL. I, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. He, uh, uh, you know, had the grade one tear um, or sprain when... And, uh, you know,
2: people kind of seem to have forgotten about that. It, it, when you see, like, I know Ray Flowers kind of lost his mind the other day, <laughs> right? And I great. love Ray, but that's, you know, in the we knew when he signed that there was some damage there. And it was a matter of how that was going to. Uh, so this this really should not have come as surprise because I, I remember that I believe all three of us were on the same episode where we talked about it. And I was, yeah, you know, I know Paul was more bullish on going after Otani. This was one of the reasons why I was bearish on it mm-hmm. because I, uh, you know, where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I, I if people, if. I hope I'm not doing revisionist history. So, if people want to call me out on it, please do so. But I believe this was one of the reasons why I was not going to pay um, the, the, the full amount um, on Otani. So, this honestly should not have come as a surprise because I remember looking at it when we talked about potential workload. And I said, I don't know if he's going to ever get over 140 innings only because of the way he's going to be managed and all that. Uh, but I didn't think he, what, was he have 50 this year? I, I don't know exactly what his inning total yeah, is. Yeah, he's but got it's 49 a, of, a, 49 a third so far. Right pull now. that right out of my ass. Look at that! Only off by two thirds of an inning.
0: <laughs> well, and I
1: mean, I, I think I was more in your camp. I mean, obviously, I, I love the talent, but we have to remember that he was coming off a season in Japan where he only threw like sixteen or twenty innings or something. Mm-hmm. Some, something mm-hmm. tiny. It might have been more than it was that. low. Yeah, but it was really, really low. We knew about the the grade one uh, ligament sprain in the UCL coming into it. We knew they were going to manage his workload, anyways, because he's used to pitching every six days or once a week um, in Japan. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to people, and I think everybody is acting like uh, we had no prior knowledge of this. That the you know the sky is falling. Uh, it's it's. This is the the gamble you took, and you got elite stats from him uh, over the course of the first fifty innings. If I said over under seventy innings rest of the way, what would you say? Under. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm right there with you. I. I I would not be surprised if he does not throw even another thirty or forty innings this year. Um, this is a long-term investment for them. He's only twenty-three years old, going to be twenty-four uh, next month, and they they have to worry about this kid's future. And when Garrett Richards went through this same type of thing, he didn't he didn't pitch another twenty innings, I think, rest of the season. After he did the PRP Mm -hmm. injection, they just sat him down and, you know, let him come back at the end of the season for a couple innings here and there. But um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he if he doesn't even get to the 130 that I had projected. Yeah, that's
2: Garrett Richards is really the model that we should be looking at for what could possibly happen here. Rest of season. Uh, That really should be it. And if that sounds pessimistic, so be it. But with this kind of thing, we don't know. And uh, the other thing that always seems to pop up during these times is, oh, my God, just go ahead and have the surgery already. Uh, and I know I know that you've said it. Paul said it. I've said it. There's no guarantee with surgery. I mean, go back and look at, uh, oh, cr- you know, there's a number of guys that had You know, was it uh, Daniel Hudson had to have it a few times Uh Somebody else there. Who's the other guy that was the uh, the Padre pitcher that had to have it a number of times, uh, or that he really never came back from? It's not Matt Latos. I'm thinking of a lefty.
1: Um, I I, the only guy I can think of is uh, the old A's pitcher that ended up like uh, having it like two or three times, and then finally breaking his arm on a pitch. Uh, last year, and, I, and now I'm blanking on his name. I want to, I want to see it's Brett Anderson, but I know it's not Brett Anderson. Um,
2: no, I'm drawing a blank on the. Uh, there was the guy that that was. Uh, oh God, maybe it was Slatos. This is why this makes for great podcast air. Uh, <laughs> but there was there was the picture that had the problem, and he and we're like, oh no worries, he'll just come back, and he didn't. And, oh, Corey loopkey that's what I'm mm. thinking of. Okay, Corey Luecki, and that just never. That he never really bounced back. And the funny thing is, I just pulled Loopkey out of the air, even though on the the Wikipedia list of guys, because I couldn't find uh, Joe Rogaley's list. uh, uh, Loopkey's not on there. But I know Loopke has had the surgery and everybody's like, ah, oh, no big deal, he'll come back, he'll come back. Possibly it was maybe with Loopke, it was a shoulder thing. But there's no guarantee with these guys and how they're gonna come back from the surgery. And so you can't you, if you can try something as we saw with Tanaka, I mean everybody was screaming for Tanaka to just go ahead and have the surgery. And he never did, and he's worked out rather well. So that's one way you can try it. But if if it doesn't work, then you then you go the other. <laughs> you have to go the other route. So I, I don't blame him for not going right away, but but uh, yeah, it's. It, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed Otani while you had him, because uh, you may not have him much more this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, would you even sell for twenty five cents on the dollar right now, or would you just hold and hope you get him back?
2: Uh, in a reset league, in a reset league, I'm probably cashing my chips in to see what I can get at this point. Uh, in a keeper league, it, keeper, league, I take it keep back. Him. Well, I take that back. If it's a keeper league where it's automatic reset after every three years, like if this was year one of his contract, I'm letting him go. But if this was a keeper league where I can go ahead and extend him, because I I play in both formats. I have one where year three, you you have a guy for three years and he's gone. There are no contract extensions. So in that kind of format, because let's say the worst scenario happens here, because they'll probably make a decision in a month or so, right? So... 2018 is banged, 2019 is probably banged, so then you're talking about 2020, and I'm already on record about not wanting to have guys their first year back from surgery because the command's a problem, so in that kind of scenario, gone. Really, if if, if me playing the pessimist, and maybe, uh, maybe you and Paul are in the optimist corner, but if I'm playing the pessimist, the only format I'm going to keep him in is a dynasty league or one that has contract extensions.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually right there with you. I I feel the exact same way dynasty formats. Obviously you're keeping him uh, because the upside is so great. And I mean, what we have seen this year is that uh, you know, in spite of like one bad outing that was, you know, cut short because of a blister, he's been an elite pitcher. And so you're going to keep that on your roster in a dynasty league, but in any other format uh, I'm more than happy to kind of sell low and, you know, if we're wrong in, in a month from now, actually, you know what? I'm probably holding. I'm just going to hold what, you know, worst-case scenario, you end up having to drop him later. But uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm just going to hold and, and hope for the best. And, you know, maybe he can beat Garrett Richards in, in Tanaka and avoid the surgery uh, and you get some useful innings towards the end of the season.
2: Hope so. We'll see. I I I'm going to be on the other side. I hope for those of you guys who own him I have him in zero leagues. Mm-hmm. Um so it doesn't as it well. hurts me as a hurts me as a baseball fan. Doesn't you know, from a fantasy perspective, I have no skin in this game, but it it does suck um from a baseball perspective. I'm glad I got to see him hit a home run earlier this year in person, but I uh, never got to see him pitch in person.
1: Let's say he does avoid surgery. You know, he, he does not he does not need the Tommy John surgery. Uh, we come into next season. Where do you think he's going to be drafted?
2: Um, I'm trying to think back to where Tanaka went the year after this happened to him. I want to say Tanaka was a eight to twelve dollar pitcher that year in AL Tout Wars. So that would put him, you know, maybe six to eight in the mixed league format. So let's drop him down to. Uh, 10 rounds, 10 to 12.
1: Okay. I think that's, I think he's going to go higher than that. I think, I think. Won't be uh, this guy. Yeah, no, it won't be me either. But we saw like Garrett Richards still going in like the 14th, 15th rounds, uh, <laughs> after his, um, and after a coming, you know, even this year, Richards was going really high coming off of a season in which he didn't pitch very much. All right. What about Thor? Is, is Thor scaring you at all?
2: He's a Met. he has to scare me i, I can't i can't say no no worries uh it's, it's really sad that that's the association that we all have um i'd put my risk factor on a, on a twenty to eighty scale at like a like a thirty five to forty like i'm not panicked but i'm i'm worried
1: yeah i'm I'm not panicked either, and i think this may be the Mets actually playing get a little safe because there was a report uh, that came out earlier uh, in the week that they will be shopping Syndergaard and DeGrom at the deadline. Why not? Yeah, well, they should. They they should total. I mean, you look at that division and they are easily the fourth best team and with, with no chance of really competing this year and probably in the next couple of years. Why not get anything you can – For these two guys who both have extensive injury histories, but are considered the best, some of the best pitchers in baseball. So, uh, I mean, you don't think uh, the the Yankees or a team like that can't use one of these guys and won't pay out, you know, the ass to get them. So uh, I think they're just being a little bit careful with him. I think they'll uh, make sure he's 100% healthy so they can showcase him for another month before the trade deadline.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you look when you look through and check out what's going on with, uh, you know, with the standings, you you obviously, you know, we've seen stories about Yankees and Red Sox both wanting pitching. Uh, You know, Cleveland certainly that while they don't need it now to win their division, you know, they're going to need it to compete in the postseason. Uh, Seattle is just. Seattle and Houston have it. I don't know if they need it there. But then you flip over you, you flip over to the National League. Milwaukee is constantly in a search for a starter. You can see them trying to make a deal uh, to that point. And I, I maintain that everybody in the NLS, not named San Diego, should be making some kind of push as well because that entire division, you know, four teams are competing for that. And if, if somebody wants to differentiate themselves, they're going to have to make a move uh, there. So there are – the good news is if you're in an NL league, the the odds of those guys staying in the NL are pretty good. Um, because I, again, I would hate to see Milwaukee not take full advantage of this. You know, you've got, you've got three teams right there Milwaukee, Chicago, and St. Louis that are all within three games. Uh, Pittsburgh has been fading of late after their really nice start. And so I don't know what they're going to do, but you know, this is Milwaukee's got something special, and this is only me saying this because they were my they were my preseason pick to win the National League pennant. Um, the Angels' part of that is actually holding up rather well, but certainly the Otani news uh, is not helping. But yeah, I had the I had the Angels and the Brewers in the World Series as my bold prediction piece. Uh,
1: I I like the boldness of it. I definitely did not have either of those two teams uh, in it, but uh, like you had have to think, like you said, Milwaukee. One has the prospect depth in their minor league system to go out and get one of these guys. The Rockies have, I mean, the Rockies have so many riches in that in that in that system, except yeah. for hitting.
2: <laughs> well, well, I don't know. It's just kind of it's weird that you know, they, they, they're still needing uh, they're still needing, still needing help at the non Nolan Arenado corner positions overall. Um, and then you know I, I keep seeing notes every now and then from people free Tom Murphy. Yes, Tom Murphy is destroying triple A, but if a catcher is hitting that well in triple A and is not coming up to the majors. Uh, kind of says something about that catcher's defensive skills, and maybe, you know, maybe they can move him uh, for something in the American League and get him some opportunities to hit uh, or see if the bat. Uh, you know, as we saw this this past week with Brad Miller, even though Brad Miller was a 107 WRC plus guy, he was he was designated for assignment because he can't catch a colt. You know, baseball. It's not the same. It's not the same sport where if you can't play defense, ah, if you hit, we'll still keep you around. No, you got to hit really well because even guys that are hitting uh, seven to ten percent above league average don't get to keep their job if they suck in defense.
1: I just don't understand like what the Rockies are doing in terms of leaving certain guys in the minor league. Because I mean, you know, a catcher is a catcher. Uh, you know, there, there's other things that they have to be able to do in order to get. A call up, but uh, Romel uh, Romel Tapia, like, why is he in the minor leagues? I, I just, I do not get that at all. Uh, Garrett Hampson has been very, very good. Uh, their former third round pick, uh, you know, they've got other guys in in the minor leagues that are high top prospects, and some of them that are blocked by Ar- Arenado himself. So it's like, why not move some of this minor league depth? Um, you know Brendan Rogers. Why isn't Brendan Rogers like you know making an appearance? I, I know they don't necessarily. That's have... next year. I mean, we got oh. back.
2: I think Paul and I. I don't know if you were on that episode. We talked about there was one rumor, or I think Mike Petriello had talked about it about trading Trevor Story for Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah that kind of thing. But yeah, you look at Tom Murphy. He's hitting two. Not then. No, he's playing Albuquerque. uh, You know, put that a in launching perspective. Pad. Yeah, launching exactly. pad. But he has thirty-one extra base hits. You know, fifteen home runs. uh, 360 on base average, 642 slug. You know, all of that and those are the so everybody looks at those numbers. You're like, "Oh my god. But he did the same thing last year." I mean, last year his triple slash was 327 361 647, also in Albuquerque. And so he's been in Albuquerque. I'm sorry, that was 2016. So he has spent uh we've got roughly uh 600 and something plate appearances. In AAA Albuquerque, and he owns it so much, he's probably the mayor of the city at this point. And then, and you know, he's in his in his time in the major leagues, uh, which is all of 68 at bats. He has struck out 28 times.
1: Yeah, I just you know, if, if any pitcher is going to come in and be a stud, even in Coors, it's a guy like Cindergarten. You know, with a 47 percent ground ball rate, but you know, just disgusting pitch uh, pitches and velocity. Uh, like if, if I'm Colorado, I, I'm calling the Mets and being like, what do you want? Just t- just tell us what you want and we'll give it to you. Yeah. How scared are you of the shoulder injury to uh, Strasburg?
2: Always scared about shoulder. Uh, it, it, this is my same thing that I'll say every time. Shoulder is your velocity engine. So if you have problems in your shoulder, you're not going to be able to throw as hard, but you can't throw as hard. Your stuff's not as good. You're more hittable. Uh, and and- so, and the only way shoulder problems go away is rest and rehab. And that if that doesn't work, then we have the surgical route. So I would. This gets back to my longstanding thing where pitcher says, "I'll be fine. I'll be back in two weeks." Add a few weeks to that because again, you really have to shut it down uh, to see if, and then start up and see how it feels again uh, through that process. So for me, this is just probably be me if I were the guy that was running the Nationals. I don't let him pitch until after the All Star break.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Tanaka has a hamstring injury, uh, supposedly. Two of up. them, right? Uh, yes, Didn't both, both of them cramp up? Of, yeah, both <laughs> of them. And so he's on the DL, could return prior to the All-Star break, uh, according to uh, N, NJ.com. Um, I'm not super worried
2: about this, are you? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. It's just, But I think it's the second time this has popped up. And it's that we, I think the first time it was cold weather. They're like, "All right, fine, not cold right now." Um, and so maybe it's just a matter of, of stretching out more. But at least it's just uh, cramping and not any kind of um, not any kind of tear right now. Yeah,
1: and if you need to drop Tanaka in in you know mixed leagues because he, one he sucks in uh, this season, and two you may have too many injuries to to hold him on your DL. I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk. uh, Oh, we got uh, Mike Soroka's returning uh, this Wednesday. He's coming off the DL uh, and will pitch. Uh, What are your thoughts on Soroka and uh, his uh, return?
2: Uh, Happy that he's back. I'm still, I'm, I'm honestly still amazed at how well the Braves are playing. Um, I just really missed this one, it's as far insane. as how they were gonna, <laughs> how they were gonna get it done this year. Just really missed the boat on this one, uh, and you know, good for them. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this kid was gonna pitch. He's somebody that I had uh, targeted in a number of leagues. I got him an exactly zero. Uh, because I think everybody else was sitting on him for the same kind of capacity. So, um, you know, let's see where things, if he can pitch like he had in the three games before he, uh, before he went down, that'll be nice. Cause you know, the strikeout rate was good. Everything else was in good shape. And I, uh, just want to see him pitching again and see Atlanta keep pushing along. Competitive baseball is better for <laughs> better for it. I'm tired of seeing all these teams tanking like this. <laughs> I thought at first I was like, okay, it won't be so bad, but there's a lot of bad baseball being played right now.
1: There really is. I was worried about Soroka when he was coming up because I, I don't like the idea of any right-hander pitching in that stadium. Uh, but, man, he just is he, – he gets the ground balls. His fly ball percentage right now,
2: 18%. Wow.
1: That's – I mean, that's super impressive. Um, And I mean, this is this is a theme for him. Uh, Prior to coming up to the majors, it was 18 percent in the minor leagues. So uh, Mm -hmm. this isn't like a fluke that he can keep the keep the ball on the ground uh, and and line drives at worst. Uh, So. All right. uh, Let's uh, let's talk about some streaking hitters. Uh, We've got I think on the last podcast, uh, Paul and I talked about kind of struggling, struggling uh, players, struggling pitchers. Uh, but let's talk about some guys who are hot right now and whether or not we believe it will continue. Ian Kinsler started off the year slow. He is now starting to get get it together. He's got eight home runs, six stolen bases on the year. Do you believe
2: in this resurgence by Ian Kinsler? Man, last month people were like, is he done? And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, like I'm looking, not even looking far back, I'm looking at his player page, and the first article is Ian Kinsler Cooked. And this was an article that was written four days ago. So it's not even that far that far back. But if you look at if you look at where he is, if you take his numbers, what he's currently done, and you look at the rest of season projections that are either zip, steam, or depth charts, or the bat, oh my God, you get a, yet another Ian Kinsler season of 20 home runs and 80, 80 to 90 runs scored. And now he's going to fall because of where he's hitting in the lineup. He's not going to have the RBI production that he's had in the past. But the home runs, the runs, the stolen bases, and uh, three of the five categories are going to be on pace with what you typically expect from Ian Kinsler. The batting average, now we saw you know, we saw the, in 15, 296, then 288, and then a 50-point drop last year, and then he's even 20 points below that now. Now it's going to take some resurges to get him back over that, but we could be looking at a, a, a four-year slide in his batting average uh, you know, that's expected of a player that of his age has played as much as he had at middle infield, uh, it's you know second base and shortstop can age you, <laughs> and it's and it's happening here. But the other stuff is consistent. If you drafted him for batting average, I I'm sorry, I, I didn't think that was what we drafted Ian Kinsler for. We drafted him for counting category production, and in three of those four counting categories, he's doing it
1: not only are you drafting him for the categories you you didn't spend anything to get him he was going outside of the top 250 picks this year uh, right now over the course of the last two weeks he's got six home runs uh hitting 321 357 736. Uh, and I mean, this isn't necessarily luck. I mean, he's obviously just seeing the ball really, really well right now and swinging the bat really well. This isn't necessarily luck. A 250 Babip to go with that 321 average uh, right now, hitting the ball extremely hard. I think this is uh, obviously he's not going to do this the rest of the way, but. Um, I don't have a problem with those rest of the season projections. I think he's a guy that is going to probably get back to 20 home runs for the third straight season. Um, you know, hit 250 to 270 rest of the way, and uh, I think you're going to be pretty happy with what you had. And this is one of the reasons why you try to be patient with guys unless you see something uh, either in the numbers or actually you know watching him that concerns you. Because Kinsler has been a productive. A uh, player in fantasy and in regular baseball, virtually his entire career. Yep. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Matt Olson, uh, another guy who can be hot and cold. Has been hot and cold this year. On a little bit of a heater right now. What are your thoughts on Matt Olson?
2: I love Matt Olson. I, I know it's I, I know that he can be the hot and cold, but the power is really starting to show up late. Um, you know what? I looked at something. The other, what's weird about him is. He's kind of like Aaron Judge. I looked at something about two weeks ago at a Rotowire article. Matt Olson has the second highest total of of bad strike calls against him. So we're talking about you know, strikes out of the zone. They get framed into strikes. Only Aaron Judge has a higher rate. Uh, and Matt Olson's too, and maybe because they're both giant dudes, maybe that's what's happening. But that's one of the things that I haven't looked to see if that's improved of late. Maybe that's what what's helping. But he was getting a lot of uh, bad strike calls against him uh, for that. But the power's real and. Heat things heating up. I, I like Matt Olson. And when you're trying to look at number of guys that could hit legit hit 30, he's on that. He's on that list of guys that we should have been uh, looking at the start of the season to be there at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. And I think he is a guy who will probably get to 30, 30, yeah, 30, 35 home runs this year. He probably hit 250. Um You know, he's one of those kind of set it and forget it guys, because he's going to go through cold streaks uh, mm-hmm. you know, off and on throughout the season. um, I think he is who we thought he is. You know, I mean, he's a guy who's going to hit 250 and, and hit you 30 bombs. Like, isn't that what we kind of expected? I think some people obviously expected more considering he hit just under 260 with 24 home runs in 59 games last year. But, you know, it's, it's the Reese Hoskins syndrome. Please yeah. do not like, project out from those kind of numbers, look at the profile, see what he is, and and go, okay... This is, you know, he, he was on a hot streak at the end of last season. Forty
2: one percent home run to fly ball rate last year. Forty one percent. Getting you, those twenty four home not runs. Sustainable? Uh, 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 wait, it is, <laughs> huh? What? Uh, yeah, but if I mean, but again, we're 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 at thirteen home runs right now through sixty five games and two hundred and thirty. Then you look at rest of the season projections, and if you if you add those numbers up, Zips has them hitting thirty three. Steamer has them at thirty two. uh depth charts thirty four and the bat at thirty two. So they all have him over thirty home runs and with the same batting average. And we look at runs scored, uh, you know, we're looking at about eighty runs scored, we're looking at eighty five to ninety runs driven in. I, I don't know who's gonna be turning up their nose at that.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean I don't think he is in I th- I think what people expected was an you know otherworldly type player. And that yeah. that's not him. Um, but what he is is a really useful power bat, and that's got some value, especially for a guy who is going about pick 150. Mm-hmm. All right, here's one that kind of befuddles me because I keep wanting to not believe in Max Muncie, mostly because <laughs> I would never heard of the guy until. Uh, is he related to Tuffy Kosowicz? Yeah, no, I mean, I just. In, in Wilmer Font. Um, I <laughs> I I don't believe that this like this feels like uh maybe a retired player that just changed his name and uh is try and trying to do stuff, but so far he's hitting two sixty eight, three hundred eighty five, 11 home runs uh for the Dodgers. I wanna say that leads the Dodgers. Um I'll, I'll double check that real quick. But uh what are your thoughts on Max Muncie?
2: You know, I haven't seen him play yet, I, I, so I really can't speak to anything about it. But you look at—it's it, funny. It's this is his third season in the major league, and until I saw some highlights a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, uh, "Where'd this guy? Uh, I don't—I don't remember him playing with the Athletics." You want to talk about some uh, uh, hidden at bats? But he had 225 plate appearances over the last couple of seasons with the A's, and I don't remember any one of them. I do watch some West Coast baseball, believe it or not, but I don't remember any of those. Um, and watch probably four of the home runs came against my teams. Uh, but obviously, the numbers really weren't there. And then last year with the Dodgers and AAA, uh, 12 home runs. I mean, nothing there if you're trying to look, but the batting average was PCL ish. I don't know if this is one of those stories where he sat down with, hey, Justin Turner, who was that hitting coach you worked with again? Can I go work with him and, and, and see what, you know, what what kind of impact happened there, uh, if anything happened. But you look at a guy, he's hitting more. His ground ball to fly ball is .7 right now. Uh, but it was there early on. In his rookie, it was .6, but then it was 1.7 last year uh, in, in his time. So he is he's definitely putting more loft under the ball than he has. So maybe there is a story that I've missed that he worked with one of the hitting coaches that was all about, hey, dude, elevate. Stop hitting ground balls. And that flipped that flipped the switch for him.
1: Yeah, he uh, there's a great article, uh, I believe it's the top one on on his player page. Yes, by uh, by Jeff Sullivan, um, and it really it really he does some gifs that show the swing change, um, and it, it's a legit swing change. So, uh, and you know he, he did change the launch angle. Um, this looks somewhat legitimate. Um, I'm still having a hard time completely believing it, but here's the deal. The Dodgers don't have any other choices right now. Right. I mean, they're playing Cody Ballinger out uh, out on center field right now because they just don't have a ton of options uh, with with all the injuries they've sustained this year. So Muncy's going to get run, and as long as he continues to hit – there's no reason why they're going to sit him down or
2: go out and get someone else. So, so, you know, I'm I'm watching, I'm watching this here. This is one of these things where you look back at the swings that Jeff's got put in his article. And yeah, this, this gets back to watching baseball. And if you go to the article, um, that, that Justin's mentioning here You watch his lower half And his lower half is about as stiff as it possibly could be He barely picks up his front foot He's like, okay But it seems like there's very little stride to his uh, And this, it gets back to one of my old rants I wish we had the ability to do Side angre, uh, angle cameras on demand So we could see how far guys' feet are apart And if they're overstriding I mean, guys, when you hear coaches talk about all this It's because that's the that's the angle they see but we don't get to see that angle. The only time we get to see it is that when you're in the Arizona Fall League because uh, they have cameras on every single possible view. And then you can uh, you can get over there or because it's, dollars to get into a game, you can sit over there and look at these kind of things. Um, but then you look at Muncy's swing now, and you can see that he's not he, – he's squatted more. He's definitely uh, – his lower half has got more movement to it now, where he's picking up that front foot, putting it back down. So it, it's night and day. that His upper body looks more crouched over a little bit now. He's not standing so straight up, and it just – it amazes me how – you hit away for a couple of years, and somebody's like, Psst, "Try this," and all of a sudden, boom! Here it comes. And that's honestly, this is what it looks like just from mechanically. And I don't know all the other machinations of this, but it's it, these guys don't look like the same guy at the plate.
1: No, he looks like a completely different guy. Uh, I mean, I'm just amazed by his power because I mean, he just, oof, like that 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 gif of him hitting that home run uh, in the Philadelphia game is, uh, I mean, you can just see he's just, he's muscles that thing just yeah. right out of there. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty decent profile from the numbers, too. I mean, he's got almost an 80% contact rate. He's swinging outside of the zone less than 20% of the time, a uh, less than 8% uh, swinging strike rate. These are good numbers and hitting the ball hard, too. So I'm I'm actually buying in on Max Muncy. He's probably already gone in your 10-12 and team – or uh, your 15-team your leagues – but in ten and twelve team leagues, I think you go ahead and grab him and, and see how see how far this guy can go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of Dodgers, we have Jock Peterson who is gone on uh, quite the hot streak. Uh, <laughs> is it time to believe back in Jock Peterson?
2: God, I mean, you know, talk about coming like the the old fantasy zombie term. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we were trying like, oh, maybe he's going to be DFA'd, and all of a sudden he can't stop hitting. And then you get back to all oh, well, the talent was always there, but it just took forever for it to surface. I don't know if I'm ready to believe in him. Um, we've seen it before out of him, but he's such a streaky dude. And I feel like we've missed we've missed the hot streak. If you haven't been on board now, it's like, i oh, sorry, this is for those five of you that held on to him forever. You're finally being rewarded. Uh, but you know the production the production has definitely been there of late. And the thing that's been most impressive is the reduction of strikeouts. That's always been what's killed him, is his inability to make consistent contact. And right now, I mean, he's, he is about half his strikeout rate uh, from just a couple of years ago. And you know, if, if you stop skidding yourself out and swinging at poor pitches, then that allows you to tap into the power that you've had uh, in the past and you know, the, his swinging strike rate is at a career low right now. So these are—he's not hurting himself. If we think back to, uh, you know, some other guys that have expanded their zone and gotten themselves out uh, like that, he's he's um, addressed the errors of his way, and right now he's getting that, uh, getting the production that he should have been—that we saw a couple of years ago in his talent level.
1: And I—I I mean, I was such a huge Jock Peterson fan when he was not as much up. as the
2: guy who's not with us today but yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i think i might have been up there with him cuz i i was all i think i took him inside the top 100 when he was a rookie wow. um and, and 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 paid dearly for that <laughs> unfortunately um you know he, one of the things too is you know the one, the Dodgers while they do have a ton of injuries they do have some flexibility in terms of positions on this team. You know, They can, they can play Justin Turner and, and Chris Taylor um, and, uh, and Bellinger in different spots. Uh, and with Max Muncy, they can also move him over to third. And so they can move guys around and try to get Logan Forsyth out of this roster uh, at times, especially when they're going up against right-handed pitching, to get Jock Peterson in this lineup. And if they can just protect him against left-handed pitching, because he just mm-hmm. that, thats always been his downfall—is he just can't hit lefties to save his life. He's even—even even this year, he, he's only hitting 158 against lefties. But that's only because I think he has like a total of 19 plate appearances against them.
2: 19, too many.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I want to say his 19 plate appearances in 18 games. Um, against left-handed pitching, so I mean, maybe t- that's
2: maybe that's one of those chances where they where they have run out of bench spots, and the other mm-hmm. team brings in the Loogie. Is like, oh well,
1: she oh, has got to hit. Yeah, nineteen at bats. Sorry, twenty-one plate appearances against lefties in eighteen games, um, hitting one fifty-eight. Uh, so it's um, you know, they're pretty. That's pretty much like the Kyle Schwarber treatment. You know, do whatever we can to to protect you against lefties, get you in against righties. But the difference between him and Shorbert is, Jock Peterson is a, a a you know a great defender out in the outfield, and so I think they'll want to try to get him in as much as they can uh, in in that outfield. So uh, I'm I hate to say it. I'm buying in on Jock Peterson. Uh, this is this is uh, th- this is really gross because I I'm, I think I feel like I'm falling for this again. Th- this is it, see it's not the fantasy zombie; it's the fantasy kryptonite. From the old yeah, six, there you, go. you know, I just, I can't, I just can't completely quit him. Um, so I, I don't think I would do it in ten team leagues, but I think if you've got daily moves in a twelve team league, uh, I think I'd probably be looking at investing in him.
2: Hey, did you guys? So we stay in L.A. area for just a second. Did mm-hmm. you guys talk about Jose Miguel Fernandez going to the Angels? The thirty uh, year old they called up. I
1: did not, but it made me sad when I saw the headline. Right.
2: Uh, No, I only mentioned it because he's, you know, he the Angels have brought him up and, you know, he was actually getting to the PCL. He was ripping up the PCL and he's got multi-positional flexibility for whatever reason. Uh, You know, if you're if you play in a CBS league, he's eligible at second base. Don't ask me why. I don't know why, but he is eligible. Actually, I take that back. It's because he played. If you look at the PCL this year, he's got 15 games at first and 18 games at second base and 15 at third base. But he's eligible uh, if you're in a CBS league because he's the guy that I had to pick up to replace Brad Miller uh, because there were only two second baseman eligible guys in my free agent pool, and I was able to uh, win him last night in the uh, in the free agent acquisition. But I mean, he was tearing up. He was hitting uh, three three forty five, four twelve, 562. Down there with more walks and strikeouts in 225 plate appearances as something, I mean, he's always, you look at some of the other minor league numbers that he had in in, last year, 306, 367, 496 between double and triple A. And he's somebody that came out of the Mexican league.
1: Yeah, I seem to remember. With no power. I mean, with no
2: power in the Mexican League. And well, if he's I'm showing power this, now.
1: I mean, he's showing got, power now. He's oh, got I'm sorry, two. the
2: Cuban National Series. I'll take that back in the Cuban League. Oh yeah, Matanzas. Right. Mm-hmm. So there. I mean, so I uh, just happened to see him stashed out, but I, I guess he's going to be the guy that's taking the uh, the plate appearances that Otani was having because he's already play. He's started in back to back games now.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I put a I put a waiver or a, a fab bid on him in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits staff. Uh, slash uh, Listener League, um, mm-hmm. but it's like an 18-team roto league. It, it's 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 insanely deep, and I just lost Brad Miller off that team, which tells you
2: how deep. <laughs> I guess he's just gonna get. I I guess he's just gonna get waived because he's been DFA'd, and that was what Wednesday. So I guess today is the day that he, if nobody claims him, they can set him to AAA. I don't know if he has enough service time to decline that. I th- but I, I would, haven't seen I any update think on he...
1: that. Duh. Well, don't they have – they have seven days to trade him, right?
2: Oh, that's right. They changed the rules on that. They do have seven days to trade so him. So
1: I think they – but, I mean, you know, can, I think he can – let's see. Does he have – he obviously doesn't have any options, but I'm tracking I'm his service time. I'm wondering if he can refuse the uh, – the optioning or the uh, the assignment and, and become a free agent. There's oh, they have a week to, be... to either
2: trade outright or release him, who's owed about two point eight million through the end of the season. Um, it's just the defense. I mean, like I said, the bat has looked good. I I, I like what I saw with him at the plate, but man, his defense is just freaking terrible.
1: You gotta think there's a team that could use Brad Miller.
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm not cutting him.
1: Hmm. All right, uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about Cody Bellinger because Cody Bellinger was a guy that. Uh, I think Paul and I talked about recently, you know, a week or two ago, um, and I talked a little bit about how I was worried about him. uh, And, of course, he then goes on a hot streak and has been crushing the ball as of late. Do you nice think? Job, dude. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> listens to the podcast. I inspired him. Um, hey,
2: and it, that's just as bad as me just crapping all over Marcelo Zuna the I, morning I, he hits a grand slam. I
1: did the week. same thing. I was right there with you. So, I mean, you know, we, we appreciate being the most listened to podcast by Major League Baseball players because they go and do exact the opposite of what we tell them to do. So Whoa. what,
2: did, folks, what do you want us to say about Cody Bellinger so we can heat him up? Uh, I mean, I don't, he's still, I, I don't want to say the Reese Hoskins thing with him. I mean, the 39 home runs last year were nice. Uh you know, in the home run, the fly ball ratio wasn't completely at 25%. That's not, that's not unsustainable this year. It's a 16%. If we look at where he's on pace for, if we combine his projections, he's going to hit 30 home runs. And I think that's a, where a lot of people would have said he was going to be by the by the uh, season's end. Again, if I'm going down, combining current with rest of season, Zip says 34, Steamer says 31, uh, Depth Charge says 34, and the Bat says 35. That's only four home runs. That's four to six home runs off of last year's pace. Now the the batting average is is off, but everything else is consistent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think people were a little overzealous coming into the season and thought that uh, it's one of the things Paul really talks about a lot and and harps on a lot is that prospect growth isn't linear. And I think people thought he was going to take the next step by taking him in the second round of, of drafts. Um, And I, I was definitely one of the people who was, who was on the other, other side of that. Um, and I was very concerned by what I saw in the playoffs and really what I've been, you know, seeing most of the season, which is that he's got a hole in his swing, and when pitchers exploit it, he really struggles. Um, it's nice to see this, this hot streak, but I'm not necessarily buying in, especially on the price that it's going to cost to go get a Cody Bellinger on a hot streak. Correct. Jerks and Profar is <laughs> on a hot streak as of late. Um, and I think a lot of people have given up on, on profar, but there are still some believers out there.
2: Where do you fall? Man, you want to talk about prospect development is nonlinear. Mm-hmm. I mean, that light lines all over the place. I have, uh, I have been a long time Profar apologist, but I don't know. I don't know if he has a full time. I know he's playing in the field right now. But I, what we're seeing in the field now is not what we saw of him pre-injuries, uh, and he's had a number of them. Uh, but I've always believed in is thought is one of those cases where he's been rushed, he's still young. And, and uh, I'm not a big league. I'm not ready to take him on a mixed league, but an AL only. I, he's somebody that I tried to get in a couple of leagues, and there was just somebody that believed in him a little more than I did.
1: See, the question becomes what happens to him when Elvis Andrews gets reactivated right. Uh, and that should be coming, you know, in the next you know week or two. Um, I believe he's almost over that that uh, elbow injury uh, that was so gruesome. What do they do with Profar? What do they do with Ruknethodor, who continues to just stink it up? Um, you know, it's like you know, do they keep Ronald Guzman up in the major leagues? Uh, you know, Guzman has at, you know had moments in, in stretches where he's been very good, but also struggled to make contact at times. Doesn't profile to have a ton of power uh, at the major league level, at least at this point in his career. I think he'll grow into more power as he kind of fills out. Um, you know, I think you – I'm not investing in 10 or 12 team leagues, but I think in 15 team leagues – I think there's enough guys on this team that are struggling that Profar will find a role, um, and I, I want to believe that he can become the player that uh, people thought he would. You know, he's obviously not never going to become like the, the the blue chip
2: prospect. That uh, the thing he was. is, he's also out of options. He's out of options. Yeah, so he's not going and, down. And they but have. Yeah, they've got to find. I can't imagine they're just going to let him. It, they're not gonna let him just sit around. I mean obviously the Rangers just, the Rangers need to move other assets and and create time for the future. And when you have a guy that's out of options like this, you either play him or you move him for somebody who has options. And give him another team will give him a chance.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, you know, they do attempt to move some of these older vets. You know, they've got uh Sinchu Choo's having a pretty decent season um, Beltre is finally off the DL, uh, and I want to say he has another year left on his contract. You know, can they move one of those two guys at the trade deadline to kind of open up a spot for him, open up a spot for Willie Calhoun, who's still toiling in the minors for no apparent reason?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you no kidding. Right? The, the Willie Calhoun, how many, how much money did people spend on him going into the season? I spent
1: way too much, Jason. <laughs> I, I'm still rostering him on my reserve list in, in the Invitational. I'm wow. Just, I've just been sitting there going, you know, because he was supposed to be up, like, May 8th. Well, he was, supposed to make the, he was supposed to make the opening new roster, and then he was supposed to, you know, be up May 8th, and now we're at June 10th. And I'm like, okay, free Willy, please. <laughs> Yeah, that's not working out so well. No, it's not. But, like, like he's killing it in the minor leagues. I know, I know there have been some, uh, uh, I don't want to call them off-the-field issues, but maturity issues. I think he's a little pissed off he's still in the minor leagues, which I completely understand. Uh, but, I mean, you can't tell me this guy doesn't make their team better. Like, there's, Right. And there's nothing... He is who he is at this point. If you've got concerns about the defense, like it's not going to get any better. Nope. You know, I mean, he's built like me. It's like he, he's going to be able to. He's. I am like the softball version of him.
2: Like <laughs> but I, why? I mean, again, in a season where you're terrible, why do you have concerns about defense again? Yeah. He's only gonna get. He's only going to get better if you let him play it out, work it out. If he mm-hmm. can't work it out. Then you've got, then you're like, okay, this is why the Dodgers made him available because he can't play defense. Okay, you knew that, so go ahead and go ahead and make him a DH. But then they, they've have a, they've got a number of guys they've got to look at. But just put him out there, let him play. If he makes errors, that's on him. He's got to fix it.
1: Well, and and see, that's the thing for me. It's like, you know, it feels like what they're doing is trying to so, uh, showcase Chew a little bit and, and kind of build. No, up that's the- a lot of
2: contract left, though, man. Does Chu have a ton of contract left? I think he does. I, when I looked, I think he's got another fifty million bucks left on his deal. Oh my god, I'm, I'm looking. I gotta right look, now. but oh. yeah, I want to pull it up. But I remember writing, i yeah, was not oh happy my god. about." He's got he's forty-two got money
1: million dollars after this season. Correct. Oh my god, like
2: that. At is... least, at least, he's playing decent baseball this year.
1: Because yeah. I did not. I
2: really did not like him coming into the season, and so he they is can uh, definitely not prove me wrong. But yeah, they have. Uh, he's got some money left on him. That's the problem.
1: And then Beltre, let's see. I, I want to say Beltre has another year after this. Yeah, he's roughly got about $50 million
2: if you look at this season. He probably has another uh million. Oh, he's got about $52 million if they were to trade him right now. Yeah.
1: Well, this says Beltre's a free agent after this year. Did
2: this should not? be his final year.
1: Okay. So, so maybe they can.
2: This should be his final year.
1: Maybe they can move Beltre somewhere. I'm sure he's. You know, got a no trade in there as well, so he could probably set him somewhere where he could win a title. Yeah, well, I mean, the the Dodgers, you know, could use him. Move Turner over to second. Yeah, you know, they're not. God, I mean, the he he would look pretty good in that Atlanta lineup.
2: Yeah, my boy Austin Riley's on the disabled list with a knee injury, so. Mm-hmm. Bond,
1: right, let's uh, let's finish out these uh, these kind of streaking players. With Heimer, Candelario. I was hoping Paul was going to be on for, for this one. That That's l- literally the reason I put him on. I also deleted the section where I just taunted him about Kyle Gibson being better than Luis Castillo. Uh, but that's actually correct. Yeah, <laughs> no. <but unfortunately, laughs> for now,
2: Castillo is, getting a, is starting to turn that corner. But.
1: Eh, well, he struck out 10, but gave up five runs the other day. Or was it yesterday, I think it was. Um, so, but, uh, the Rockies at in Cincinnati. That's, that's no bueno. No, no, no bueno at all. Well, and again, on my invitational team. So obviously that team is doing really, really well, but Candelario so far, uh, this, uh, is hitting home runs. Uh, he's in for more power than I expected him to. He's already got 10 bombs. Uh, that this any of us year. expected him to. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy who I don't think had hit 20 home runs. It, in any season in the minor leagues. And so nope. the fact that
2: he's on 12 is for... his previous, I'm sorry, 13 mm-hmm. in 2016, 13 combined between uh double a AA and triple a for the Cubs. That was his high watermark.
1: No, he, between all of his, uh, he hit, let's see, he hit 18 last year between the Tigers, Cubs. Oh, I see that. And now. Minors sorry. and majors. he just in so now. many different stuff yeah, because he got I traded mid season. Um, but still, i mean that 's in triple a he was able he was able to muster a total of a grand total of eighteen home runs on pace for almost thirty this year. do you buy
2: this i don 't know if he's on pace well uh, yeah, if you were just triple his numbers uh no I mean you look at rest of the season projections they have him everybody has him twenty one twenty two home runs total uh I buy it because he 's going to keep playing every day that's the thing he'll he'll get the counting stats I don't know if the if the, he'll be able to continue to hit two sixty three with a twenty five percent strikeout rate um but he's just gonna keep playing there's there's no other option there uh for that and so in that regard he'll get at season's end when i'm looking at twenty home runs seventy five runs scored seventy five to eighty driven in that's totally believable
1: yeah I think he could probably get yeah he should get to twenty probably get to 25, hitting the ball fairly hard this year, putting uh, enough in the air that I think uh, that the 17% uh, home run to fly ball rate is uh, sustainable. And I love the fact that he walks. Like, I mean, you know, guys that walk, when they struggle a little bit, and he will have moments when he struggles uh, being kind of a young player, uh, but he'll at least get on base and that, you know, and score runs the top part of that lineup in Detroit isn't bad. So, I mean, that, that should uh, give him uh, some good opportunities to get some decent RBI production. I kind of like Candelario as uh, one of those underrated corner infield options. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk some two start pitchers like we've been uh, doing every week for the last few weeks, Uh, broken them up into tiers based on ownership uh, by CBS's numbers, uh, we'll start with the 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 most owned group. Uh, so this will be for your shallower formats. Junior Guerra gets the Cubs and the Phillies at home. Cesar Sabathia gets the Nationals and your Rays at home. Clay Buchholz gets Pittsburgh and the Mets at home. If you gotta stream one of these guys for a two start week, who are you doing?
2: Cletus. <laughs> Cletus, he's back, baby. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, the the Sabathia matchup's very favorable too, but Cletus,
1: <laughs> I put a substantial bid on him in towers this week. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, I just can't. That that. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, you and I have been on the Cletus bandwagon
2: for a long time, and he looks I, actually, good. Actually, as soon as he came back, in my in one of my NL home leagues, Cletus was on my roster was because he really? my my team my team name is the Slackjawed yokels. Mm, and then, my mascot yeah, is Cletus. My my picture is Cletus from The Simpsons. So the, as soon as Buck Holt put, I, I uh I fabbed him and I got him, and all is well except for my place in the standings. But it is, uh, I'm I'm very happy that Cletus is back on my roster.
1: Well, on the cutter, I mean, the cutter is it's working, and I mean, he's uh, you know pitching in Arizona with a humidor, and it, everything seems to be going well. Obviously, he's not going to continue doing what he has been doing, but I think he can be a, a pretty usable piece. And if you're look, looking for a streaming guy, I think he's one of my favorite options this week.
2: Yes. I, I agree. Cletus aside, I, I probably have written him off for dead a few times. And people are gonna be like, "Wait, well, yeah, I thought you hated him." No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back on for these matchups.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I watched him pitch against the Giants the other day, and he, he looked pretty good. I can't believe it. He looked pretty good. Um, all right, ne- next set. These are guys that I believe are uh, under. I think they're about fifty percent owned uh, in CBS. Trevor Williams. At Arizona, home versus Cincinnati. Mike Leake, home versus the Angels and Boston, and my boy Chris Stratton on the road at Miami, at the Dodgers.
2: Um, I want to go with the second. I'm drawing a blank on the name. The matchups. It's not Trevor Williams. The other guy,
1: my, Mike Leake. Versus... Oh, I take that back.
2: No, it is Trevor Williams. It was okay. Mike Leake that I didn't want. It was Trevor Williams. I, I like those. I like the matchups there. I know Pittsburgh's been struggling, um, but matchups-wise, those are the ones that I like best, and I'm sure Trevor Williams has had his own issues. He's probably part of the reasons why the struggles. I know he was pitching better earlier. I I have a little bit of a mental block on him, only because I had him at $1 in my home league, and I let him go. And uh, then uh, one of our listeners who's in that league picked him up at $1 in the auction, and he's pitched well, and I should have just kept him. Uh, Yeah, he's... Man... Uh, the matchups are good, but his last four starts have been awful. Mm-hmm. Four, four, five, and four. Uh, three home runs in four outings. I, I can't get on the Mike Leek wagon. And Chris Stratton, I want to leave you out there on the island, even though I have Stratton in three <laughs> leagues as well. So you're going to say Stratton, and I'm going to say Williams.
1: I am going to say Stratton. <laughs> and I, I was joking around with Paul because Paul was giving me some, uh, some crap on Twitter about Chris Stratton because... I was giving him uh, some crap on Twitter about Michael Fulmer because uh, he, he, you know, Paul went on out and pounded his chest after Michael Fulmer's last start, um, you know, with a, a little gif of you know I, I think someone rolling his eyes at the at the haters or, or something yeah. like that. And then Michael Fulmer went out and got
2: pounded. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and so I, I tweeted out, uh, a, a, you know, I said something to the effect of. Chris, or, uh, Michael Ful- Fulmer owners uh, waiting on the breakout, and it was a picture of uh, Rose, uh, old Rose in the Titanic. And it's been 84 years. So, uh, I'm going to go with Chris Stratton. Good in the last two starts. Um, he gets Miami in Miami. Uh, the Dodgers in LA, he's been much better on the road, uh, away from the newborn baby that I'm sure is keeping him up at night. So, uh, I'm I'm going to be using him in Taut this week because he's already on my team there. So uh, I'm I'm going I'm going with my boy Chris Stratton and, and hoping that um, mediocrity can win the day.
2: Let's see what happens. I've got him in a number of leagues. I'm hoping that happens too. Um, hey, and this was somebody who tweeted at us here uh, about there's an article that's come out. It's only in phase one of peer review, but uh, my Mike Reynolds had tweeted something out, light reading for your Sunday. Phase one research on a six-week weighted ball program has been published. Yeah, it takes a long time to conduct and publish real peer reviewed research. Phase two and three done coming soon because Stefania Bell threw it out um, that somebody 80 uh, underscore Jrod wants to know if we know what teams use weighted balls because the results of the, the conclusion – Performing a six-week weighted ball throwing program, increased pitch velocity. However, the program resulted in increased shoulder external rotation, prom and increased injury rate. Hmm. Yeah. Curious to see the rest of that. Clinical relevance, although, relevance, although weighted ball training may increase pitch velocity, caution is warranted because of the notable increase in injuries and physical changes observed in this cohort. That is intriguing.
1: It's very... Very intriguing. I have not seen uh, this uh, article or read it, uh, but I will. You said Stefania tweeted it out. Uh,
2: I just retweeted it uh, so okay. folks can see. But it just says, you know, background emphasis on enhanced baseball pitch velocity has become popular, especially through weighted ball training program. However, little is known about the physical effects or the safety of these programs. Uh, I'm assuming Kyle Boddy is going to weigh in on this, or uh, Boddy, um, and you Eno probably have something to say because he knows written a lot about this kind of stuff too. Uh, but it said the effects of training with a weighted ba- baseball program was assessed using a two-way repeated measures analysis of variance at a uh, priori significance level of uh, P under uh, Point zero five. Um, so, you your folks that are really good in the st- stats will have to uh, let me know. And did uh, didi. Breaking news: Vlad Jr. has been diagnosed with a strained patellar tendon in his left knee. Oh,
1: that's not. He good. will be reevaluated
2: in four weeks. Do we? Did they say what
1: what grade of a strain?
2: Um, no grade. Okay. Diagnosed with a strained patellar tendon. Per the club, he will be managed conserv- conservatively and will be reevaluated in four weeks.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that. I don't know if you've ever injured. I've injured that tendon. I, I tore that tendon in high school, and it can really. No uh, thanks. It can yeah. It can really damage <laughs> uh, um, your ability to move laterally. Um, you know, it's it's not. It can't. It obviously will have some effect uh, moving kind of north and south, but it's it's really your lateral movement. So I, I doubt he's going to have any ability to play third base while that while that's hurt.
2: Yeah, that's no good. Oh, man, even better news? Madden football's coming back to the PC. Woo! <laughs> man, that's how I got started playing Madden by, back it? in the day. I used, to, I used to work at a rec center at night, uh city rec center. And b- back in the old day, Madden, you could create your own plays, which I thought was ahead of its time. I'm, I'm not, I not—I don't think I'm confusing games here. But no, you no, I, I did your, it on Madden, yeah. You could create your own plays and simulate things. I'm like, man, that was awesome. Uh, and see, that's why. I when you play on game stations now and, and uh, PS4 and anything else, whatever, it's uh, you don't have the, at least I don't think you do, but you don't have the ability to do that kind of set formations and see what things were like, so that's how I used to kill time um, back then, so I guess, you know, good news, bad news, Vlad not doing well, but Madden coming back to the PC may get me back into football gaming
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I gotta upgrade my system from uh, the PS2 I still have <laughs> All right, next set of guys, uh, Stephen Wright at Baltimore at Seattle, Lucas Giolito versus Cleveland versus Detroit, both at home, Jordan Lyles at St. Louis at Atlanta, and Wade LeBlanc uh, home versus the Angels and home
2: versus the Red Sox. Wow. Can we do a flat none? Yeah, sure, if you want to say none. None, none, none. I don't know. I don't know if there's a, honestly a format. So Stephen Wright, I've, I've talked about, you know, it's a knuckleball, first of all. Yes, he looked really good against Detroit the other day, Dude. and the thing was dancing, but it was also, uh, Wendy, I was in. I, I was, was I at that game? That was Tuesday night. He sure, Yeah, I was at that game. I went to Fenway Tuesday night, and I'm pretty sure that's the game Stephen Wright pitched in, but I did see the highlights later, and the knuckleball. Yeah, it was, it was Tuesday night. I was at that game. Um, I'm not even trying to humble brag. I was sitting in the corporate suite and I was talking with different colleagues, and and I think I watched two innings of the game. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I just got involved talking. There were people I hadn't seen. And I needed to get some stuff done, and I ended up watching more of it on the TV inside of it. So yes, at me, hate me, whatever. Um, not apologizing. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, plus, I had no interest in either team. It was just, hey, you want to come to the suite? Yes, I do. Uh, and but Baltimore can still hit. We know Seattle can hit, and I don't like that matchup. Lucas Giolito, I wouldn't play anywhere, anyhow, anytime. Uh, I don't like the Jordan Lyles matchups at all, and uh, the Wade LeBlanc situation just just the Boston one alone scares me.
1: Yeah, I'm. I think if I have to stream any of them, it, it's right, just because at least Baltimore strikes out a lot. Um. But uh, I, I probably would try to avoid. I'd actually prefer the first guy of the next grouping, and this is a big grouping. So move uh, move on over to it. I'm gonna. I always butcher this guy's name, Sam uh, Giv- Giv- Gaviglio. Gavig <laughs> Gaviglio. Thank you. Uh, at Tampa Bay, home. Versus- this is why I wish we still at
2: Eno. I would love to hear how Eno <laughs> pronounced this one.
1: Yeah, home versus the Nationals. Uh, Jason Vargas at. Uh, Atlanta at Arizona. James Shields versus uh, Cleveland to Detroit at home. Blaine Hardy uh, versus Minnesota at the White Sox. Weiying Chen versus San Francisco at Baltimore, and Trevor Richards versus San Francisco at Baltimore as well. Jesus.
2: Man, these two start weeks suck.
1: It's it's a rough one. He, here's the here's the guy I really like. Um, it's Blaine
2: Hardy. That's 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 the only one that I was willing to recommend here.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's just because he is a lefty, and both uh, the the uh, the Twins and the White Sox struggle hard versus left-handed pitching. Both are at the top of the leaderboard in terms of striking out or strikeout percentage versus lefties, and both are at the bottom of the leaderboard in WOBA versus lefties. So uh, that would be my stream. I'd actually probably take him. Over everybody except Cletus in this entire group, and he is i want to say like four percent owned or five percent owned over at c b s
0: Wow,
2: yeah i mean, be honest the rest of them are just like no pass, hard no, no mm-hmm. thanks, absolutely not, oh okay, <laughs> so yes, that's where that's that's where I am
1: all right, well, that is going to uh wrap us up for this episode uh any last thoughts, anything you wanna promote uh over
2: yeah, with your writing at Rotor Wire, um. I, I just took a look at some of the guys with new pitches this uh, this year, and kind of an update to see where some of the guys were who said they were gonna what they said they were gonna do and what they have done. Uh, that was that piece, and then I have got to start working on next week's piece here this afternoon on a topic yet to be um, yet to be identified.
1: All right, and then uh, yeah, I write f- like four or five. Times maybe sometimes six times a week at Fangraphs, four or five, six times a week at Fantasy Alarm, a few times a week at uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, podcasts everywhere, and then I'm on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network in a few hours.
2: Nice. Schedule-wise... So we can talk this through on air so people know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, with next Sunday being Father's Day, uh, if there's a way to record on Saturday, that would be ideal. Uh, okay. I know you probably have commitments Father's Day. I definitely have commitments. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the following weekend, I am, I will be coming home from a business trip in Chicago that on that Sunday morning. So normal time not going to work for me. Um, so if there's a way to do it later in the day, cool beans. If not, I won't be able to record on the 24th.
1: I know I won't be able to record on Saturday next week, so we'll have to maybe see if we can maybe do a Monday recording. Um, or talk to Paul. Or talk to Paul have to see if he can yeah. do a Saturday recording with you or a Sunday recording with me. Um, and then we'll figure out the week after. Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. I could probably uh, do a later recording or something like that.
2: Okay. Just wanted to put the expectation out there for folks. So they're like, hey, why aren't you guys publishing anything? yeah it's because <laughs> and Availability. When,
1: if we can't ever record there's always the you know the fireside chat with Paul with Paul and Nick that that's comes true. out later in the evening so uh, they they get a double dose on they get a double header on Sundays so mm-hmm. every once in a while maybe the morning game's gonna be rained out
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right that that's gonna do it for us. Talk to you later, Jason All right dude thanks.
0: fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL,